What's up, everyone? Hope you're doing well today. It is Thursday, April 28th. My name is Rafael Garcia, and this is episode uh, 118 of the MMA Ratings Podcast. As always, thank you for taking the time to check out our content and listen to us here on the MMA Ratings YouTube channel. I appreciate you taking the time to do so. In light of today being Avengers Endgame Day, I'm going to do an early show because I'm going to go see the movie later on this evening at 11 o'clock and normally Shawan and I will be knee deep in talking about MMA so you see what has my priority Michael already went and saw it because he got some special screening yesterday so hell I'm going to go see it tonight I'm going to go see it uh, as soon as I get out of, out of, out of training because that's just um, what we like to do around here hopefully and with that in mind um, we'll go ahead and kind of talk about a couple of different things today but as always thank you for the time to Check us out on this podcast. Please be sure to like and subscribe our content. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel here by hitting the subscribe button. You can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at MMA Ratings Net. And you can catch us on that's right, Instagram and Twitter at MMA Ratings Net. And you can catch me at R Garcia underscore sports. Shawan Michael and Adam Martin also have their own Twitter handles. So if you can see, if you find out what they are, catch up to them as well too, because they're always talking about interesting things in the world of mixed martial arts. And today we're going to be talking about, um, I'm guessing this UFC on ESPN Plus 7, which was this past weekend from St. Petersburg, Petersburg, Russia. And you'll see on ESPN Plus 8, which is this weekend, because it's for a lot of y'all, maybe I'm not really sure what that one is, or I think that one's being called Sunrise, something like that. Then you also have the Lotto 220, which is also Saturday, which is the card I'm kind of looking forward to the most out of the two um, there, but first thing I want to talk about is Al Overing because he picked up a big first round win. I think it was a first round win on Saturday over um, Alexi Nick, right? Who's the guy's name who just beat? Oh, man. Overing fought on Saturday and he just beat Yes, that's right. Alexi Onis. I always think I, I thought I'd be saying his first name because first name wrong. But he got a first round win via TKO, knees and punches. And it was a pretty interesting fight because at first it, it looked like Overeem was hurt. I didn't really think he was as hurt as everybody thought he was as the announcers were playing it up. But he secured the uh, tie punch and he landed some pretty solid knees to the temple, dropping oh, yeah. Olenek and finishing him off strikes from the mount with just 15 seconds left in the first round. And it was the second one in a row. He's won uh, two uh, two out of his last four, four out of his last six. And many people are wondering if he is in a position where he can still get a title shot, again, just for calling it the quits. And he's 36 years old. Let me check. Let me make sure. 38. 38 years old, and he'll be turning 39 next month. But the thing about the heavyweight division is that you can you can hang around and get the right fights. He can find himself in a position to get another title shot sometime in the future. The question is whether or not he'll ever become champion. That's a whole other conversation there. But if you look at what's going on, obviously you have Cormier at the top. Cormier at the top, and there's no uh, word on if he'll be fighting either 
Stipe or Brock Lesnar or John Jones. I mean, those, those three men are the main um, sticking points with who he will fight before his career is all said and done. But then you have Francis Ngannou, who has a win over um, Overeem and JDS. They are in the two and three slot, and they're fighting coming up. Curtis Blades has a win over Overeem as well. I think he has a fight scheduled too. Let me see. Thank you, guys. Um, so he just fought back in March of this year. So I'm guessing he does not have one together. So he's ranked at number four. Derek Lewis. I think Derek Lewis is coming off of a loss. Ratings have been um, updated since over the ratings have been updated since opening the win. But yeah. Um, Derek Lewis is coming off a loss to JDS in March. Then you have Alexander Volkov, who is also who is the individual I overheard called out. Volkov does not have anything for him. I think he was a supposed to be in. Alexander Volkov, yeah, he was supposed to face Overeem in April. Or yeah, he was supposed to face Overeem, but he was pulled out of the fight. So he's coming off with a loss. So there is a pathway for Overeem so to get back into the title picture. Uh, defeating Volkov would help, and he could probably be like an injury replacement or something along those lines. He would, But it, I don't see it happening this year. That could be something that would occur next year. But I do think he can position himself to get back in the title picture. Winning the belt, though, that's a whole other conversation. And I honestly don't see him defeating any of those individuals who are at the top of the ladder. Um, Overeem's great. I mean, he's one of my favorite heavyweights. Uh, he has been one of my favorite heavyweights. I've, I uh, have enjoyed it much of his career. I think he's finally gone back to calling himself Demolition Man as well, which I think is awesome. Uh, that went down on Saturday during his announcement. But I've always been a big fan of Alexander here, but I just don't think he is going to find himself with that UFC strap around his waist, but he's still one of the best heavyweights of all time, in my opinion. Definitely in, in, the, in the rankings, not the top heavyweight of all time, but he's definitely one of, one of the best. So we have that, and that's really all I wanted to talk about from that event on Saturday. It was interesting seeing, like, uh, what's her name? A loss to uh, Roxanne Montefiore. I don't even think it should have been a split decision. I thought she was going to get some home cooking there for a second. That's an important win for Montefiore. I don't think it it doesn't hinder Sevchenko too much taking that L, but it she the matchmaking for her must be she must a she has to kind of work on that ground skill set to begin with. The way she came, if she would have came out like she did in the third round for the second and the third, I think she would have took this fight because she was much more aggressive and coming out from um, coming out and striking with Roxanne because she was clearly a much better striker picking her apart for um, much of that round but she didn't get started soon enough and it kind of shown uh, Roxanne was able to get her take take her down keep she kept passing she kept getting the mouth she kept attacking so I agree with the, the decision there I don't think it should have been a split but I think that, that that's an important win for Roxanne because it's one of those wins where again I think she was counted out in this situation um, if and she's been counting out before. Obviously, you know, she finally got back to the UFC. She was 
going to that point where Lukaku's career would be over. But it's good to see her get that victory and, and continue to look good even at, at, at this high point. And she's, she's just someone that's kind of inspirational within the sport. And I'm glad to see her continuing to um, get some steam and picking up a big win on Saturday. Those are probably the two biggest points for me. I mean, a lot of people talk about the Islam Makashev, excuse me, the Islam Makashev fight against Arman. I can't even say this guy's last name. That was a great fight, uh, especially someone who enjoys grappling as much as I do. Their back and forth was excellent. It was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed what we saw there. So that was, that was a great fight. Um, but overall, you know, this was a decent card. It was an early morning card. I watched it, um, made my money, went home for the rest of the day. I don't think that there's anything really to stop, anything that, that you should stop yourself and go back and watch this card. Catch the highlights and keep it moving. But I would like to turn my attention to this weekend's event where we have two fight cards. As I mentioned, one. Bellator 220 and UFC on ESPN Plus, uh, what, eight, whatever that number is. I know I can't always forget what their naming conventions are this time around. So, but these two events are going on both on Saturday, but the Bellator card kind of stands out to me. Um, it's more interesting to me just because of who's fighting on it and what's at stake. look at that so when i look at this car i'm gonna look at well, actually no i'm gonna spend more time on that bunch of car let's start with this um ufc car first and and obviously you have jack Aragas, um jack hermanson hermanson's coming off that first round finish over david branch where he submitted him which i think it was a standing guillotine uh version and he got that tap over david branch who's a really tough Enzo gracie uh, black belt, someone who's competed at, at some very high levels in, in grappling. And just to see Jack, who's not probably well known for his submission abilities, just to see him be able to submit somebody like that was, was really kind of stood out to me. But uh, he has a tougher test in Jacare, one who many people believe has some of the best grappling in uh, martial arts today. I would argue that, that you know, there are some other names from what he is may stand out higher than him. But are definitely worth uh, worth uh, the conversation. So that is a very interesting fight. I expect Sosa to win because I can see him doing enough of uh, doing a good enough job being able to strike with, with Jack and the grappling is going to be his, his game plan and his space there. The question, as I always ask, is how do these guys look on the lower end of their, as they get higher up in age? He's 39 years old. Uh, he's taken, of course, he's taken damage over the years. He hasn't, he's been stopped once in his last, last time, so he was stopped by Robert Whitaker in 2017. And then he was stopped back by Dave Arnold Saucy almost 10 years before that in uh, 2008. So you know that he has the ability to, you know he's durable, but at some point in time, it begins to go. And you have to wonder, and if you have to wonder if that is a, if that is a, um, if that is going to show itself up at, at, at any point in time. And, you know, it, it, when it when it shows, it comes and when it rains, it pours. It, it really hits guys really quickly. So at 39 years old, 
you have to wonder what he will look like at this point in his career. So that's always a question that must be asked. But I definitely would favor him in, in this fight just from a, a grappling standpoint. I don't see Jack being able to defeat Jacare in any of the ways that he's done so so far in his career. And the way he's really put the pieces went. The co-main event, the co-main event features Greg Hardy. And, you know, we've talked about him substantially about what is his value to the UFC. Clearly, they're going to continue placing him high on these cards. Clearly, they're going to continue booking him and getting as much out of him as they possibly can, unless if he washes out. He's already lost that first fight via a disqualification. He's facing, they brought in Dmitry Samalikov. Yeah, Samalikov, I think that's how you say that. Who laughed fought back in January 2019 and he fought two years before that at and 36 years. One and three in one and two excuse me in his last three fights. He uh fought in the UFC, went 0 and 2 in the UFC and then at the Asia Challenge in January this past year was brought back for this fight. Like I said the UFC is going to continue placing Greg Hardy as high as possible. They're going to continue treating him as a star because even though people hate him, they are going to continue talking about him. And, and that is going to generate um, revenue, generate, generate interest, generate clicks. And what's interesting is that this narrative, the conversation around Hardy has been widely missed for this upcoming fight bar, I guess, because the way the last one went and that this card is being placed on such a small, small scale, I don't think people are really watching it. I haven't heard too many individuals in the MMA media talking about it on Twitter, talking about it anywhere, but it's still happening. He's still going to be on, on, on his cards. He's going to be continue. They're going to continue to book him how they see fit, and ESPN is going to continue to allow him to be booked. Remember, they are, they have, they have a part in this conversation as well. This isn't all just about the uh, UFC, but this is a fight where I think he'll be able to get the win here. Um, I don't know if Dimitri's going to be able to get the fight to the ground. I don't know if you want to see if he's going to, I don't know too much about him, per se. But his two, let's see how his two UFC losses came. Um, he's only been stopped twice in his career. And he went in, actually, the two times he was stopped, both happened in the UFC. So let's we'll see how this fight goes down. I don't know too much about him, but we'll see how uh, Greg Hardy looks. Couple other tidbits on this card here. I'm looking forward to the Alex Oliver and Mike Perry fight. I think that's going to be very violent. Cowboy always comes up here and does a thing as Mike, and we have to wonder about what Mike Perry we're going to get because he doesn't. He's gone back and forth between looking like the guy that he thought was like a really hot prospect when he came into the UFC one of the two fight win streak, but since then he just continues to struggle. He's gone since he came into that two fight win streak. He's gone four and three. Excuse me, three and four. Took that three and four. He's coming off the loss against Donald Swami back in November, where his arm was broken, I believe. Uh, so let's see what he looks like coming in. But I think Alex, I, I, my, my pick, if I had to pick one, would be Alex Oliveira, just because he is such. He's a lot better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. I don't believe he's ranked at all. Let's see. At welterweight, he is not ranked at all. I mean, we'll be on the UFC rankings that we need much, but he's not ranked at all. He's coming off of a loss to Gunnar Nelson. Uh, he is, let's see. How long has he been in the UFC? He's been in the UFC since 2015. He's put together a pretty good run. 
in the company. He's two and three, two and one in his last three fights. Coming off a win against or lost to Gunnar Nelson back in December of 2018. So, but I, I'm just not too sold on Mike Perry, and I think that this should be a fight that Charles Oliver should win. But I do definitely think it'll be a fun fight, a fun and a violent fight that can definitely kind of get fans excited about both men. Uh, let's see. Other things kind of stood out to me on this card as well. So with my sleeves, I apologize because the biologists have been running wild with me as Hulk Hogan used to do back in the day. We have Glover Teixeira fighting John Lineker as well. That's, that John Lineker, Corey Sanhagen fight definitely stands out to me because uh, Sanhagen at 10 and 1 is someone we should kind of be paying attention to. He is 3 and 0 in the UFC since he's been yet. This is this definitely the biggest uh, step up in his career. So let's see kind of what he looks, looks like. Uh, in this fight there, but that 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 fight is one I may um, pay special attention to. Uh, Takashi Sato, someone who Osato, someone who's fought explicitly in Pan Craze over in Japan, is fighting Ben Saunders. And this guy has 11 finishes to his career, 14 and 2 coming in. He is 28 years old, so he's still a young prospect. I am looking at this fight as if he's kind of putting Saunders, who is I think riding a two-fight losing streak. Saunders, yep, he's riding a two-fight losing streak. Uh, he is 36 years old. I don't think that he's going to be around too much after this battle here, but I am picking uh, Sato to win that fight. And I, I want him to kind of look good there because we need to get um, some more Japanese prospects within the UFC. I'm always a big fan of um, fighters from different backgrounds coming in and being able to uh, carve out a name for themselves. So like, let's look forward to this fight. Let's look and see what uh, Sato does because I, I'm watching that fight because I think he's a possible thing to be paying attention to. Then we have some more of our elder state um, elder statesmen within the UFC. We have Andre Olaski. He's out there again writing I think he's on a two fight losing streak. Let's see. Uh well he's oh two one in the last three. I don't remember what happened with Wall has but he is I mean you know Andre Olaski is a heavyweight that just won't go away. But he's back out there at how old is he? He's 40. After doing his thing, we got Jim Miller, who's out there with how many years of experience in the UFC? He's been in the UFC for those scrolling backs, those scrolling backs since 2008. So for 11 years, he's been in the UFC. And he is one, one in his last two, one in five in his last six. And he last completed his trial Oliver back in December when he was submitted in the fourth round. He's facing Jason Gonzalez. Again, I don't know too much about him. That would be probably Sean's face to coming with a whole bunch of information. But he uh, fought Gregory Gillespie back in September of 2017 and he lost there. He's been in the UFC since 2016 and he's only fought three times, going one and two during that run. So I guess see what this guy looks like. He's only 29 years old. But, um, I mean, never count out Jim Miller. You never... Uh, he's a fan favorite. He comes in here and you know, you know you're going to get action out of him. He's been around for a long time. Let's just see what he continues to look like. Um, and on the women's side, we, oh, we also got Court McGee and Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is coming off a win. 
And I'm wondering if he's going to do ADCC this year. I didn't see his name on the invites, but he won bronze back in 2017. So I would expect him to be on that invite list. He's coming off of a win. And he's the opening fight so far. Gilbert Burns is someone that I enjoy just because of his grappling background, but he's been able to get in there and, and continue to mix it up on the feet as well, too. So I enjoy watching him fight. He's facing off against Mike Davis, Courtney D. I mean, Courtney D. going to get out there and do Courtney D. things. This is Diego Lima. On the women's side, we have Angela Hill and Carla Esparza both competing. Carla Esparza is getting a 14-0 prospect who this is our UFC debut. Yes, making her UFC debut from Invicta. I wonder if let me see something. This woman fighting Carla Esparza on Saturday. The record stood out to me. So she was originally supposed to fight um, Vivier Sosa. But this um yeah, so Renia Jan Iroba, Jan Iroba is the she was the Invicta Strawweight champion and she defended that title back in September of twenty eighteen. She won it back in March of last year. Uh, she it definitely stood out for me because um her record stood out for me, especially coming through. And Victor, if you're undefeated, they're definitely probably a champion at some point in time. So she had three fights in the Victor, her last two being around the belt. So she was a strawweight champion at 115 pounds coming into the UFC. So she should be interesting to watch. And I think Carla Esparza, I mean, obviously she's a former UFC uh, strawweight champion. And she was a former Invicta strawweight champion as well, too. Um, so like, let's see what this fight looks like because uh, that could be an interesting test. Carla there, and then we also have Angela Hill, who's stepping in last minute to replace her teammate just today, fighting um, Jody Esquivel. Uh, this is eight six fighter, this is six and four fighter. Uh, Angela Hill, I think she's fighting for her place on the roster. I think she would be on the roster if May didn't get injured, and she's stepping in for her last minute. So I think that's, that's pretty big for her. But she's riding up two fight one streak. She's one and three in her last four. So let's see what she looks like and if she can get this win. Since coming back to the UFC last minute against Jessica Andrade, she was two and four. So the losers here, I expect her to be out of the organization. Uh, Esquibel, I don't know too much about her. Let's see that in She's six and four. Also riding a two-fight losing streak. Uh, she joined the UFC back in 2017. Lost to Jessica Aguilar and And yeah, I mean, this fight this fight is almost like a loser loser leaves town. Uh, fight pink slip on a pole if you're a pro, pro wrestling fan, but we'll see what each of these women um can do. I mean, I think that they're both fighting for the career, not the career, but they're fighting for their spot on the UFC roster at this point in time. So we'll see what they look like coming out on Saturday. But as I mentioned, the card that really has my attention is the Bellator 220 card. Um, let me get some water real quick. Yeah, the card that really has my attention is this Bellator 220 card where Roy McDonald and Job Fitch are fighting in a semifinal for the fighting in the semifinals for the 
UFC, excuse me, the Bellator Welterweight Grand Prix are fighting the semifinal for that, but Roy McDonald's Welterweight title is also on, on the line. And I'm interested in a couple of different things here. Um, on one hand, we have McDonald, who's coming off of that one-sided, I'm not going to say brutal, but just the one-sided beauty he took at the hands of Gabriel Musasi. And that came back in September last year. He was riding a two-fight winning streak over the welterweights. He had defeated Douglas Neal and Paul Daly. But then that fight against Gegard, man, he just did not want to finish in the second round. He finished violently. A lot of people attributed it to the size difference between the two. Uh, it just didn't look good. He tried to finish. And you have Fitch, who has not lost since 2014, where he had his knee basically ripped apart by Usman Farhara's. I mean, Fitch is Fitch. Fitch is going Fitch. I mean, even since that fight in 2014, he left the year in 2013. And since then, he's been a Eugene Okami, uh, Jake Shields, Brian Foster, Paul Bailey. Those are, those are some not huge, huge wins, but they're some of the best wins you can get if you're outside of the uh, UFC, uh, especially that win over Jake Shields. And now he's in a position to get that bonus for a welterweight title and kind of remain around the, I mean, he remained within the conversation of the best folks away in the game right now. He's 41 years old. He's still doing job fish things. So I'm interested in seeing what he looks like. Um, look, he looks like he gets to be younger, but I don't want to use the term damaged, but younger, but mm, slightly worn, slightly shot worn, worn McDonald's because McDonald's taking some strikes. He's taking some brutal beatings. I mean, we know about the two fights. With Robbie Lawler, we know about the fight with Carlos Condit. We know about the fight with um, Douglas Lima. The Stephen Thompson fight, he didn't look great after that as well. We've seen him take some damage, and now you know he's still out there doing his thing. Still forget how young he is. He's only 29 years old. He has 25 professional fights. But you have to wonder how much more of that level of violence he can take. I don't think he'll get that level of violence against Fitch on Saturday because that's just not Fitch's style. But we have to wonder just how much he can take over the course of his career and whether or not he's going to remain uh, in that top, uh, in the upper echelon of welterweight fighters much longer. I mean, he is the, he is the organization welterweight title holder. His belt's on the line on Saturday, and he's also fighting to move forward in the Grand Prix. So let's see how that kind of how that kind of plays out. I question why he elected to do that, knowing he was going to fight Gabriel Musasi and knowing that his belt would be on the line every every time he fought. I wonder what his contract looks like with that in mind, because that's definitely a lot of stakes and a lot of pressure that's being put on him. There. Uh, Elaine Malay McFarlane is fighting Veta um, Ortega, which I think is a, is a pretty interesting fight there. Elaine Malay has been dominant uh, as champion. I think she's going to win this bout as well. She's growing as a name within the industry. Let me see. Let me look at something, because one thing I like to use. So she has 73k followers. Um, she's fighting at 125. I think you know, Bellator is smart. You know, they are an organization that promotes particular women in a certain way. I mean, we've seen it. We've, we've joked about it. I would pay attention to what they intend on doing with um, Valerie Lareda. Me personally, I don't think Valerie has anything to offer uh, 
Lima Lay right now at all in at this point in, in her career. Um, whoops. I think Valerie is just too green for Lima Lay, but we definitely do know that that's probably the direction that they're trying to go to with her at some point in time in um, the future. Uh, she's she has she she's doing all the things that that the target demographic want for the sport, but the eliminator, I think that she's just a dangerous fighter. She's going to um she's going to I think she's going to be around this white division for a very long time. I think that she's someone that they should keep around. Uh, back to truck up to keep the teams look better every time she goes out there. And, and fight. She's been in deep fights. She's been able to um, survive the storm there. Like her last three fights have gone off, have, have all gone into the third round with that um, eliminated Ducante fight going into the fifth. She's good, like, I, I'm definitely someone who stops what they're doing to watch when she fights. So I'm looking forward to seeing her. I don't know too much about her opponent in Ortega there. She's riding winning streak. She is she's born too. So let's see what she really kind of looks like in the um in this fight. Well, this is the co main event five round fight there. I'm wondering what um how she'll be. We also have oh man, this Phil Davis and the McGarry fight. This is important here because um I wrote about it yesterday, it came out today, but Roy McDonald and Roy McDonald, uh Ryan Bader, his next fight has been announced to be against Czech Congo at heavyweight sometime this summer so but what scott cooker also said is that this fight between these two uh davis and mcgarry could be a fight that is looked at as the number one contender fight for the light heavyweight title so both of these men are former champions i don't think either one of them will beat vader but we've seen worse things happen we've seen some other surprising things happen as well so i think that this is an important fight for both men i'm picking davis be able to do enough from a wrestling and, and submission and submission defense standpoint to be able to hold Liam McGarry off. I think it'll be a lot of um, work on the ground, but I just can't see McGarry being able to uh, submit Davis. I don't think Davis will get to submit um, McGarry as well. McGarry is the Henzo Gracie, I think he's a Henzo, or I don't, don't want to call him a John Danaher black belt back if he trains with those guys up there, but he is a Henzo Gracie black belt. So we'll see how that fight looks for definitely and looking at Davis to get that win. Benson Henderson still doing the damn thing, trying to get this this post UFC career on track. Uh, let's see what he's been doing. His last couple of five, I mean, he's two and oh, he's two and two in his last four, but he's beat Roger Roger Hurt and Saida Watts. So he, he's beating the non big names and losing to the losing to the bigger names. He's lost to Patricia Fierre, lost to Michael Chandler. Both by split decisions. Uh, the Patricio Fierre fight, he won when Patricio got hurt, but he was losing that fight at the time. Um, he has a loss of Andrew Corsa, too, as well. But we forget, man, this guy has wins over what he won. Then he hasn't been able to get that same type of steam going. I do think he's someone that we'll see in the title picture if it does for lightly belt again. But I just I don't know 
is the um Lakeith Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler's ID right now is gonna be someone that is a he's a dynamo within within the uh, within the within the sport. You can follow him on Instagram, look at his workouts, the man looks like an action figure, like he could play, he could step in Chris Evans at, at any moment and play Captain America. Who else is fighting on this card? Build with some local talent like they tend to do. So we're bringing back the monthly interviews next week. So he will be on the show and we'll be talking to him on next Thursday. Um, what am I working on this week? I have not put anything up for MMA ratings this week, but I may have something up later on in the week. Uh, maybe or something like that wrestling that I could possibly talk about. Maybe I'll put together a piece about this with Sasha Banks. Um, I don't know if it's a controversy, but what's going on with her. As always, you can check out the Wednesday show that I do on professional wrestling where we cover, uh, where we talk about that. I'm going to start doing monthly interviews on that as well. See, I have one coming up with a former writer for the, for the WWE, so that should be pretty interesting. But I have that coming up, and I have um, a lot of different content that will be up there. So... As always, you can follow me at rgarcia underscore sports to catch everything I'm doing. Um, Adam Martin, he's on Twitter as well. His, his work is on MMA ratings. Swan Hughes, he just did a piece about um, Captain America. I think it's pretty interesting. You should check that out. That's on the site. And um, Michael Boy is out there keeping us in check. So as always, be sure to um, catch our content. You can go to MMA ratings net to rate the fights. And um, let us know what you thought of them. Um, but yeah, that's really it for this week. Short, short show, less than half an hour. Thank you for listening to us. We'll be back with Shawan next week, and he and I will probably be ranting and raving about everything we've seen lately. So, like always, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to us. Hit that uh, like button. Hit that subscribe button. And everybody have a great day. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Go see uh, Avengers Endgame. Do not spoil the thing you like. Have a great night, everyone.